blessing on an emerging generation of kings. Okay, so tonight we're continuing uh, our series, Living on Famous Because of Time. I will not be able to cover everything I had planned for today, but I believe I'll be able to cover a number of things that will help everybody for the rest of all of our lives. We must constantly remember the things I'm going to be teaching today. I'm going to be dealing with very fast fingers to post scriptures as I go or as we go along tonight. So let us start off with let us start off with First Chronicles chapter twenty nine. First Chronicles chapter twenty nine. It's a long one. It's a long one. So what I'll do is I will read some points and I'll skip. But as I read, if somebody can be posting the scriptures in there, that will be great. First Chronicles twenty nine from verse one. Furthermore. David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon my son, whom alone God hath has chosen, he said, he is young and inexperienced, and the work is great, because the temple is not for man, but for the Lord God. Write it down somewhere. Temple work is a great work. Temple work is a great work. Right? Don't despise the work of gathering. It's a major work. It's it's a huge assignment. Right? I don't appear before you guys without proper preparation. So I also don't appear without proper preparation. There's a way to receive a message. There's a way to receive the word. There's a way to receive a prophecy. There's a way to receive. Right? And it's more than just showing up. It, there's a state of mind. And David knew this, so he had to intercede was pray, right? And he had to prepare certain things for Solomon. Now, because because David knew that Solomon is inexperienced and had a lot of knowledge of stuff, he prepared to bridge the gap. And the word says, verse 2, Now for the house of my God, I have prepared with what? All my might. I have prepared with all my might. So to prepare for the things of God, the fullness of your might is, is required. He said, go over, uh, go over the things to be made of gold, silver for things of silver, bronze for things of bronze, iron for things of iron, wood for things of wood, onyx stones, stones to be set, glistening stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones, and marble slabs in abundance. Verse 3, Moreover, I have set my affection, this is one of the two words, key things I'm looking for, I have set my affection, watch this now, not on the gold, not on the wood, not on the silver, not on the various colors of stones, not on any of that. My affection I have set on the house of my God. I have given to the house of my God. Watch that. Over and above. Write down this word somewhere. Set my affection. 
Warriors somewhere, over and above all that I have prepared for the for the Warriors, my own special treasure of gold and silver. Write those three things down. Set my affection over and above my own special treasure. And then it goes on and on, and I think we'll come back here later to examine that. Today, we are dealing with a topic that is very unique and different, but it's going to help everybody. Um, stardom. S-T-U-M-B. The B is silent. But stardom. And, and what does it mean? Basically, we are dealing with the obsession, thank you for that, Brooks, the obsession with wealth and the perversion of fame. Now, for those who were not here earlier, maybe on Sunday, let me reiterate the reason this is very essential is that a lot of believers, watch this, are prepared for heaven, but they're not adequately prepared for certain things on earth. A lot of believers are prepared uh, to pray, prepared for prayer, prepared for intercession, prepared for... Uh, their lives here on earth, hopefully, right? But not a lot of people are prepared for fame, prepared for presidency, prepared to be uh, searching for the CEO, to become uh, the CEO of Alpha Embassy or McKinsey or HSBC. Most believers are not prepared for that. And so what happens is, when believers are placed in those places, when they get to the place of authority, because they are not prepared for it, they don't perform well. Please write this down. It's not just about your potential, it's about your preparation. So you can have the potential for greatness and the a potential for humility and the potential for responsibility, but if you are not prepared for it, you will still make mistakes. So this series is a preparatory series. And the thing about preparation, right, is that many times you don't appreciate the power of preparation until the test comes. And it so happens that, thank God, I read that particular number. Tell me, tell me with a Y, indicating yes, in the comment box, if you read something at some point in secondary school or university, and then during the examination, the exact question came out, you're like, ah, oh, oh thank God. Thank God, right? Now, let's keep it. Has this also happened to you before? That there was a particular page you saw it, you turned to the little boy, you didn't read it. And then that was exactly what showed up in the exam hall. You are now looking at the ceiling pan and chewing biocolor. <laughs> it is plain, just in plain, right? That's what happens to many believers. Many believers are not prepared for fame. They are not prepared for their appointment. Don't forget, fame is an appointment of a believer. And the levels may, may differ, but if you are right, you will shine. Okay? That's why the Bible doesn't say, let your light shine. It doesn't say, let your light shine. Light always shines. It said, let your light so shine. In other words, it's not a function of will you shine or not. It's a function of how well will you shine. It's not a function of will you enjoy fame or not. It's a function of for how long will the fame last? Or in what context will the fame be? Right? So let me give you an example. Rhoda was famous. Paul was famous. Peter was famous. But the fame of Rhoda was within the collective department. 
I'm going to give you the moment in which God opened the door for Peter for Mary was still resonating all around the place. Right? And then we can, we can look at different examples. Epaphras, Onesimus. So it was in their own way. So you will get to a point in life and in your walk with God where you were presented with either fame or riches. And what will determine what you do with it is not your potential, it's your preparation. Let me ask you another question. Is there anybody here who's lost a lot of money before? You got, you got big money and then you lost a major part of it. Come on, don't be ashamed to put a Y in there. <laughs> you got broke money, maybe a couple of millions, or maybe way back hundreds of thousands. And then you couldn't, you really couldn't tell what happened to it. You know why? It's not because, <laughs> it's not because you're a bad person. It's because you were stardom. You were stardom. You were dumb about the things that should have been preparing. So instead of starring in your movie, you are a villain in your movie. But that's not going to happen any longer. You're going to be prepared. Now, let's quickly look at uh, a couple of scenarios. So we've looked at David who was a king. That was a wise king. A king who was not star dumb, but star smart. Now, let's look at a, a king that was star dumb. <laughs> and you can find that in Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, real quick. Okay, let's look at read. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out. Uh, help me now. Let me read from. Give me a moment. Give me a moment. Give me a moment. So that says that when the, most of us know the story. Give me a moment. I'm trying to get to the um, yeah. Most of us know the story of uh, I just typed it in anyway. Peter in the prison and all of that. The Bible says that the prayer, prayers of the saints were offered continually in verse five and then verse six. And after all of that, let's go all the way to verse twenty. After all of that. Now, Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. But they came to him with one accord. And having made blessed us, <laughs> blessed us, literally, blessed us the king's personal aid, their friend, their paddy paddy, who is your old guy? Yeah. Spiral. They had some peace because their country was supplied, watch this now. With the king's food. So this was a big boy king. So verse 21. So on a set day. Herod. Arrayed in royal apparel. Sat on his throne. And he gave an oration to them. Who was speaking so beautifully. It was an oration. It wasn't just talking. It was a grand vocal presentation. And the people kept shouting, verse 22, the voice of a God and not of a man, the voice of a God and not of a man, the voice of a God and hey, 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 yeah. Now they were shouting, hailing the guy. Now God didn't have a problem with that. God did not have a problem with their appreciation, I should say. But look at what happened in verse 23. Then immediately, an angel of the Lord struck him. 
Why? 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 Give us the comments. Was it because he showed him that's not the real word comes in the Bible? Was it because he was too good? That's not the reason. Was it because he gave an oration? That's not the reason. Come on, somebody help me. Was it because God was envious and jealous? No, that was not the reason there. Because he did not keep God the glory. So that's why shouts in the voice of a God alone from man. He should have said all this only one true God. He's the source of my gifts. He's the source of my ability. He's the source of my wisdom. He's the source of my enablement. He's the source of my capacity. He alone is the true God. How many times in our lives have people commended our beauty, our fame, our capacity, our ability to make money, our grades, our master life exams that we blasted like blasters, right? How many times has that happened? And instead of giving God the glory, we say, mm, it's not all that, Charlie. Because sometimes the issue is not just that we're playing the glory. The issue is that we deprive God of the glory. That when somebody gives you a compliment, somebody just say, oh, really, thank God, no, I'm so grateful to God. We play this kind of false humility and say, ah, it's not like that, Jerry, but life is abega, abega, abega. And therefore, you are not reflecting the glory back to God. Am I talking to somebody already? <laughs> Somebody's like, I didn't see it that way. Well, they're on the same number line. That was the issue. See, the issue, so, so get the heart of it. I want to show you the heart of the text. The heart of the text was not that his oration was too high. The heart of the text was not that it was too good. God has no problem with you being good at what you do. He gave him the ability to be good. He gave him the intelligence, the capacity, the perspicacity, the clearness of mind. He gave him the wherewithal. But the issue there was, who gets the glory? Who gets the glory? Now, either you get the glory, or you totally, utterly ignore the glory. God is not saying ignore the glory. He's saying, give me the glory. Accept it, collect it, and give it to me. Somebody shout, give God his glory. Call your name, Enoch. Call your name, Uzziah. Call your name, Isaiah. And say, give God his glory. The Bible says, that the angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God, uh, give glory to God. And listen, I, I feel, this is what I think, I might be completely wrong, I might be completely wrong, but this is what I think. I think that this angel that struck Herod was the same angel that wrote Peter up. Don't forget, this is the same chapter of where Peter was delivered. <laughs> it may not have been the same day, I'm not sure. But, I think it's the same angel because the Bible says that that angel smote Peter, but Peter woke up. Smote Peter, and Peter woke up. This angel struck Herod, and Herod died. So, one person called Peter is going to give God the glory. He is smitten, but he does not die. The other one is not going to give God the glory. He is struck, and he dies. Could it be possible? That the posture of your heart will determine what adversity does to you. Oh my word. The angel in charge of smoking. I'm telling you, if I met this angel, I'll be like, ah, I still have too much energy. Let me let me be removed on somebody. Because Peter, I mean, even that one was was smacked, <laughs> smoking, smitten. <laughs> 
Look at Romans 1 10. Look at Romans 1 7. Look at this scripture, verse 7. Same chapter, Acts 4, verse 7. Now by the revelation of the answer by him and the revelation of the person, and he struck Peter. He struck Peter. But the scripture said, all of them were struck. One dies, one wakes up. The posture of your heart determines what aggressor does to you. That's why it's okay to be human, it's okay to feel the pain, but never allow yourself glorify your opposition, glorify adversity, because what you're trying to do when you glorify the pain of the, the of sickness, the attack, is that you're trying to say to God that this attack and this offense and this issue is more powerful than you. Whereas if I glorify God in the middle of my affliction, I'm saying to God, you're more powerful than this thing happening to me right now. Are we here now? So, we see that when he struck him, it does not end there. It says, he was eaten by worms and died. So, think about this. Normally, this is so gross. Normally, people die when they are eaten by worms. However, <laughs> however, this guy did not die before worms ate him. The worms began to eat him up. So write this down. People who are stared down will become worm struck. What does it mean? Rottenness. Because worms only come to a rotten place. So when somebody doesn't know about the glory, when they start down, what he carries around will be rotten. His souls will be rotten. Come on now. His his uh disposition will be rotten. His attitude will be rotten, therefore they will say that guy's attitude stinks. So if your attitude stinks, it's because you're not giving God the glory, we're expecting everybody to give you the glory. Is somebody getting what I'm saying tonight? He didn't give God the glory. He didn't give God the glory. He didn't give God the glory, and therefore, boom, he, he is taken out of the way. You know why? Because your life was reflected, to, rather was designed to reflect the glory of God. That's, that's it. So, let's look at two other, other things, two other manifestations of this stardom. We'll look at a couple of, couple of things, um, different types of the Bible, different references. Let's see, let's go to Genesis. Real quick, God caused a covenant with Abraham in Genesis chapter 15 from verse 1. After this thing, the Lord, the Lord came to Abraham the vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. God is speaking to Abraham. In other words, Abraham, I am the person that covers you. I'm the person that covers you. God has spoken to him in Genesis chapter 12, and then he had begun to walk with God 13, 14. We'll see lots there. In 15, God cuts a covenant with him. Now look at what it says. Verse 2. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing that I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. An outside Eliezer of Damascus. Not Damascus, Damascus. <laughs> An outsider. Then Abraham said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. In other words, one of these slaves and stuff. Servants. And all of the Lord came to him saying, This one shall not be your heir. 
one cord cut from your own body shall be your heir. And God, watch this now, God brought him outside and said, Look, uh, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to them, So shall your descendants be. For six, and believe in the Lord, and the Lord that is God now accounted it to Abraham for righteousness. Please help me tag somebody in the comments real quick and tell that person, God has your name appointed. God has it appointed. Tell that person real quick. Say, God's got your name. You've got an appointment with me. You've got, tell somebody, say, you've got an appointment with me. So I want you to please see that. <laughs> You're counting stars. When you begin to go and you see the journey of our father of faith, father of faith, you're going to see Genesis 16, the next chapter, 21. Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. Don't forget, God promised. But she had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maid servant. I want you to please see something. I hope you really get it. Lord help me. Somebody say, Lord help me. Abraham was complaining that, see, I don't want to go childless. You've given me no child. And the way things are going, it's Eliezer that is going to be my heir. Now, the next chapter, Sarah is saying, I've not had a child since Sarah said I'm a slave one. See now, the Lord has rescued me from Gerichelion. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham looked at the voice of Sarah. He does not heed the voice of God. He heeds the voice of Sarah. When we are stark dumb, when we are stark dumb, when we start listening to the voice of people instead of the voice of God. Our definition of fame, our definition of riches, our definition of capacity, our definition of progress will be benchmarked against people, particularly those who like us. Your greatest temptations will come from those who like you. Peter liked Jesus and was the one saying, no, Jesus, you're not going to die. In other words, Jesus, you will not be the reason you came to the earth. Listen, those who are close to me, if I'm those who are even helping you, may be your greatest temptations to stop you from fulfilling your purpose. Oh my word now, come and help me now. Listen, not because they're evil and wicked. That's not the reason. But because they're human. Sarah was saying to Abraham, listen, he said, go into my maid servants. There was something before God was saying to Abraham, don't worry, a servant will not be your heir if somebody gets in this. A servant will not be your heir. A servant will not be your heir. Yet Abraham, yet rather Sarah comes and says, let my servants produce an heir for you. <laughs> so 
were going to her. And then the Bible says in verse 4, he went into Hagar, she conceived, and then when she saw that she had conceived, her, mas- her mistress became despised in her eyes. When we try to produce sin by the arm of the flesh, by the manipulations of our gifts, by the prostitution of our anointings, when we try to cover that sin by showing our naked bodies online, when we try to cover that sin by using shady and funny methods, we are producing something in the now that will trouble us in the future. Because the child that she bears made her, that's in the servant, despise Sarah. So the very thing she was trying to present, which was shame and reproach, she now gets it by not relying on God's method. So whenever I try to get fame or riches by my own method, by my own impatience, and so sometimes it can be it can be wearying to wait. Sometimes it can be. Ask my mothers who are waiting on God for their husbands. It can be wearying to wait. Ask people who are waiting for the fruit of the womb. It can be wearying to wait. Oh, come on now. Ask me. Waiting for the OC. When are we going to have a thousand members in kings? When are we going to have two thousand? What he said there was tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, and the billions too. When are we going to climb out of the two hundreds and the three hundreds? Right? It can be wearing to wait. But when you put others, when you try to populate that project, that kingdom project, with human seeds, you are sowing the seeds for future problems. Oh, come on now. Are we here? Let me know if you're feeling this. Let me know. Let me know if you're feeling this. And listen, there is nobody who works with God who will not have a waiting season. There is nobody. It doesn't... There is nobody. There is nobody who does not have a waiting season. Because it's those that pay that wait upon the Lord that renew their strength. Listen, do you know what renewing strength means? Many of us, when we read that scripture, we think it means we are renewing our weakness. The Bible never says you renew your weakness. So we think that if when we are weak, then God will now replace the weakness with strength. No! What God is saying is, waiting allows you to see the limit of your strength. And if you don't face that situation with your strength, and you hold on, you've done everything you know to do, you serve, you've given, you serve, you pressure, you've prayed. If you are so strong, God will now say that your strength are going to replace you with mine. Because that strength has reached the limit to which it can take you. Therefore, I'm going to give you my strength on the next level. Is somebody getting this?
from Jesus to Jonathan. Right? We all have something we're waiting on God for. And if you're not waiting on God for something now, you're going to come into a season where you have to wait. Because God never wants you to rely on your strength. He wants you to be able to maximize your strength, but be ready to exchange it when heaven says, or heaven asks for it. Okay? I wish I could, I could play around and show you a couple of things, but I'm watchful of the time because of the men. Are we getting this now? So his belief is that. Now, don't forget that in Genesis 15, what God had said is that God was very clear. God was very clear to, uh, to Abraham. He said, a servant is not going to reap your inherit your your be your heir. <laughs> and when God demonstrates that or illustrates that in chapter 15, he is very clear and he says, Your descendants shall be as the stars. Your descendants shall be as the stars. Somebody please put that down. Say, I'm star wise, I'm not star dumb. Say, I'm star dumb and not, I'm not star dumb. Yeah? I'm star wise. I want someone to please follow me. Okay? Hmm. So, this is a matter taken. I, I really need your mind because I want it to, to sit in your spirit forever and ever and ever. God told the man that is born, born out of your body shall be your heir. Genesis 15 verse 14. And God told him, verse 5, God gave him an illustrative assignment, an immersive, experiential, kinesthetic assignment. Look up to heaven. In other words, Abraham, stop looking at yourself. Stop looking at your body. Stop looking at yourself. Look up to heaven as the stars are. Count the stars. You can number them. So shall your descendants be. Right? Now, let's go to chapter 17. So chapter 16, all of that, let me just, let me, oh, so anyway, he goes by the flesh because he listens, he listens to, yeah, it's the inward one, but I'll tell you, it's not just about the numbers. He listens to Sarah, who's operating in the flesh in that season. Ladies, please, can I plead with you? I know that sometimes there can be a lot of pressure, but be watchful of the flesh. Because just like Adam just like Adam, watch this now, fell because he loved Eve more than the word of God, at least in that moment. Abraham also succumbed to Sarah because he loved her. Now, your husbands will most likely succumb to you on certain occasions even when they don't feel like it's the best. So, women, you have to ensure that in your registering displeasure and in your making requests, that every now and again you investigate your desires to ensure 
that it's not just the irritability of the flesh and the impetus of the soul that is driving that conversation. I'm not saying don't put pressure on men. Sometimes we men, we need pressure. Okay, right? Sometimes we are not going to do stuff except you present it over and over. But I'm just saying, take some time every now and again to filter the flesh out of that fierce request. Check it. Now, so, he walks in the flesh and he gives birth to who? Who does he give birth to? Ishmael! Genesis 16 verse 11. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are with child, and you shall bear a son. Come on. Tell me, give me what they call that thing. Uh, what's that thing they do to check the, the gender of a child before the child is born? Scan. Something scan. What, what's, what's a scan called? The angel already did scan. What kind of, what kind of scan is it? Did the scan and said, ah, this one's a boy. Mama, mama, my ultrasound. <laughs> Thank you very much. And ultrasound means that it's beyond sound. Okay. <laughs> he said, this one, you're going to bring forth a son. A son. And he said, you shall name the son. Lord, help me. I have a, more, a lot to cover. You shall name the son Ishmael. Ishmael. Because the Lord has heard your affliction. The Lord has heard your affliction. The Lord has heard your affliction. <laughs> in other words, even in the name of the boy, there was affliction. Fame that you get on the arm of flesh will always come with affliction. God will show what is affliction inside. Man that you marry out of the flesh, I don't know, I cannot tell you less. I cannot tell you less. Let me put some note that I am, uh, let people, I'm, I'm too happy to be single. Affliction go the inside though. And this affliction is not the one that God gave, it's the one that you gave. For the word says, many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. What God had in mind for Abraham was Isaac. Isaac is his offspring. Listen, God's desire for us as humans was for us to never know evil. God never wanted us to know evil. He wanted us to know good. That's why he told them, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He wanted their paradise, their worldview, to be pure and tainted like that of a child. That's why children are born innocent. It was the original state of man in which he was supposed to go into his 30s, 40s, 70s, 90s without having flashbacks of all kinds of things he did when he was a teenager. God never wanted us to cancel this battle of desires and carnality and fleshly wars within our minds and our heads based on things we watched and did and said and talked to somebody following this. Because God is good. And God is so good. And God is eternal. God has been as good as he has been. And that means that goodness can last long enough without him becoming boredom. Because some people think, oh, if he's too good, it's too boring. God has been good and he's not yet bored. So goodness does not have to turn into boredom. Come on now. Even though some good guys can be boring, right? <laughs> Doesn't mean you won't learn. But are we hearing this now? So Ishmael, there will be affliction there. When fame and riches are gathered by the arm of the flesh, there will be affliction. But that's not even where I'm going. I need to land where I'm going very quickly. See, chapter 17, God comes to Abraham and says, 
Hey mom, 99 years old, and the Lord appeared to him and said, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. In other words, Abraham, you need to get your act together now. Chapter 18. Abraham goes into something. He will see something that will blow your mind. I've never, I've never seen this connection before. And then the Holy Spirit broke on my mind. Genesis 18 verse 27. Before we read that, who remembers Genesis 18 verse 4? Where did God compare Abraham's descendants to? Where did he compare Abraham's descendants to? The stars. But in Genesis 18.27, then Abraham answered and said, Hey dude, no! I, who am but dust and ashes, have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. So Abraham So Abraham was the person who introduced the concept of dust when God spoke about when God was speaking to Abraham about his future, God doesn't compare his descendants to dust initially. He compares his descendants to stars. My original I'm dust. I must be dust. I must be dust in powder. You must dust me. I am not that great. Be careful of false humility. Be careful of living life based on your past identity. Be careful of correcting God. Be careful of adding to God's word when it tells you who you are. Be careful of that. He said, hey, I am, I am but dust. Now the surface looks like humility. So I who am but dust and I should have taken upon myself to speak to the Lord. Now look at God's conversation in Genesis 22. Uh, when you now go to Genesis chapter 22 and you go to verse 17, somebody needs to start crying right now. Verse 15, start from verse 15. The angel of the Lord comes to him and said, Come on out of heaven and said, My master, I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and you have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the what? And as the what? And as the what? Since there's a part of you that loves dust and loves the earth and loves all of that, okay, let's put dust inside. Every dust in my destiny disappear, 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 disappear. <laughs> what is dust? It's the fallen nature of man. It's the carnal nature of man. Ishmael was not the promised child. God didn't promise you Ishmael. You plant Ishmael into your life. Did you see that? You plant Ishmael into your life. You plant dust. Some of you, God gave you a good man. You're like, this man is too good. Now you're thinking, I wish I had everything that now. What is dust? When man fell, God said to, to the serpent, He said, We shall eat the dust. We shall eat the carnal man. He shall feed on, on the fallen link. Ishmael is an example of what happens when we're stardom. Isaac is what God always had in mind. What God always had in mind. 
somebody can you take a moment to say lord i receive isaac and not ishmael i receive isaac and not ishmael i receive isaac and not ishmael Oh my God. I need her. I need I need somebody to help me. Uh, can somebody please post a message if Minister Solomon or Peter is on the call during this call? Please post a message on the group. Apologizing to the men that were likely going to be late at 8.30. But they should be on the lookout, right? And that tonight is going to be hot, hotter. It's going to be hotter this. If you go through, can you see, is somebody getting what I'm saying? So whenever I try to get through my rituals by the arm of flesh, that's dust. It's going to come with a lot of affliction that God didn't, didn't want. Now when you go to the book of Genesis chapter 16, just a little backwards, 16 and verse 12, the first answer God said, because the Lord has heard your affliction, do you know what he says in verse 12 concerning Ishmael? What kind of, what kind of promise is this? What kind of promise? This is just a statement of fact, verse 12 concerning Ishmael. It said, he shall be a wild man. This guy is going to be a jungle boy. He's going to be a Tarzan with, with trouble. He'll be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man. How can God, God cannot, that is not God's promise. <laughs> Do you know how we get the humanity? Listen, what Sarah thought was going to placate and pacify her, was going to trouble every man. Don't let yourself run after faith that will bring trouble to everything around you. Or money that will cause everything to go to turmoil around you. He said, His hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all of his brethren. In other words, this guy, he ain't going to go away. It's going to keep tormenting him, afflicting him. So till today, in Palestine, is still afflicting Israel. This, this is almost, how many years? It would be like 4,000 years. Almost 4,000 years now. Nothing tangible over 4,000 years. To today. That's what happens when we're far from that. May I say, in the face, that Abraham was a man of faith, but concerning Ishmael and Israel and Isaac, he was far dumb. Should have been star wise. Are we here? Are we here? Oh, let me see if I can. Um, let's look at. Because I need to, I need to keep her down. I need to keep her down. Let's look at Daniel chapter 12. Oh, yeah. Let's look at Daniel chapter. Is somebody getting something? If you're getting something, someone getting something. Daniel chapter 12. This is an eschatological book, largely. What does that mean? Big grammar for 
what God addresses the end times. I don't like I'm, I'm really trying to see what you cut off. Okay, let me let me leave this. I should I leave it? Should I leave it? Mm. Okay, this is funny. Daniel chapter three, because when you study that, you're going to see that uh, Nebuchadnezzar he made an image of gold, and then when you go further along, I believe chapter uh, chapter six. Let me leave all of that. Maybe I'll just chapter twelve. Yes, so much fun. At that time, Michael was outside of the great place of science, like any other sons of your people, and he saw a great time of trouble, such as never, and this is astrological towards the end of the age, such as never was seen, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered. Then he prophesied, and all what's happening in this nation and the nations of the earth, you and your people shall be delivered. Things will preserve, our studies will be preserved in the name of Jesus. So you shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the, in the book, verse 2, and many of those who sleep in their what? In the what? Verse 2. Come on, move deep, guys. Somebody keep doing second and number 12, verse 2 now. Because from verse 1 to 3, really. So that... Many of Yakuba, I feel, I feel like jumping, I wish I was preaching and I was hungry right now. This is why I go into a, a seat on a Friday. Like, we'll meet for a Friday, I invite you to service one night if your pastor is okay. Why? This is the point where I begin to holler and jump. Because there's nothing in the Bible, nothing in the Bible that is disjointed to participate the Holy Spirit to help you join the church. Think about that. Verse 2 says, and many of those who sleep where? Who sleep where? Who sleep where? In the dust. They were never supposed to be in the dust. God didn't make man. See, the glory of God was that he made man's body from the dust. But ultimately, he's going to transform that glorious body. Sorry, that mortal body into a glorious body. What he really wanted to do was instill dust kind of thing. But not start going, start ending up as dust. But dust becoming stars by the infusion of God's breath. Many of those who sleep were in that is anybody get in the world, should I just close and go and talk to the men? He said, Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall what? Awake. He's talking about the resurrection of the dead. Everybody who dies is going to resurrect. But two kinds of resurrection. Some are deceived in, in John chapter 5, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Verse 3. What's going to happen? Those who are wise shall do what? Come on now. Shall shine like the brightness of the firmaments. And those who turn men to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. I tell the glory of God. High five yourself where you are. Say, I'm not dust, I'm a star. I'm not dust, I'm a star. I'm not dust, I'm a star. I'm not sleeping in the dirt. I'm a no. God said, ah, my Redeemer lives and I know in the last day he will raise me up. Therefore, if the star status is my future and it has one star living it now, how do I live as a star? By being wise and by turning many unto righteousness. And not star dumb and star wise 
back and stop now. Style, come on. Style, if you stop, come on. <laughs> Start guns. Come on now. Somebody needs to put up online somewhere. Stars. Are you seeing any any company use just as their symbol? Of course you can use just in terms of the way it spreads and the way it spreads. But in essence, we are not those two. Mm -mm. In presence, we may be like those because we are everywhere. But in essence, we are not those. We are stars. We are stars. And so the stardom person, the one who is a dumb star, that's the person that is obsessed with wealth and riches and fame, obsessed with that. Lord, help me, Lord. Let me see if I can give you a few more scriptures. Is, is somebody, are you there? Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you see now why your bank account should not reduce the volume of your voice? Do you see? It's important. I'm going to close soon, but let me show you this. When you go to uh, when you go to Job twenty two, from verse twenty two, uh, receive please instruction from his mouth and bless now. And lift up his words in your hearts. Why are those words in your heart? Because the word of God is the wisdom of God. Proverbs 2, 5 and 6. The Lord gives the Lord gives wisdom. And out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Christ has made unto us the wisdom and the power of God. Let the word of God dwell richly in you. In all wisdom. Galatians 3, 16, right? So the word of God in my heart is what makes me wise. And don't forget that one says in chapter 12 verse 3 that they that are wise are the ones who shine. So the fuel for stardom, the fuel, fuel for kingdom stardom is wisdom. Wisdom is the fuel for stardom. Wisdom is the fuel for kingdom stardom. Hardom, 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 W-H-O-R-E-D-O-M is the fuel for worldly stardom, worldly stardom. But wisdom, wisdom is the fuel for kingdom stardom. So it says, lay up the word of fuel for wisdom inside your heart. Look at what it says. It says, verse 23, if you return to the Almighty, you will be built up. You will remove iniquity far from you. If you don't know what hardom is, that's like prostitution with PhD. Okay? It says, if you return to the Almighty, you will be built up. Your star will shine. <laughs> your shoe will shine. You will remove iniquity far from your tents. Look at this shoe before now. Look at this shoe before now. This will lay your gold in the dust, in the dust, and the gold of Ophir among the stones. Of the boots. Why? In other words, you won't get it built as a big deal. Do you know why? Because you're stratified. Yes, the Almighty will be your gold and your precious silver, and you will delight not in new nylon boots, but you will delight in the Almighty and lift up your face to God and say, Hey, God, your focus will be on heavenly things, not earthly things. 
Because God said to Abraham, lift up your eyes. That means that it was looking down. It was looking at dust. What you look at determines what you look like. He looked at dust so much that he began to look like it and then when he had to talk to God, he said, who am I but dust? And God is like, do you get what I'm doing with you? You are the father of a new generation. You are the father of faith. Out of you will come stars and stars and stars and stars and stars. Star dust, not star dust. Out of you will come. And some of you are in that place right now. I feel the glory of God. I want to minister prophetically and pastorally to you. Some of you are in that place right now where you're looking at your bank account and you're cursing yourself. Looking at the delays and you think, I'll hold me back. And you're like, God, I'm just this. I'm just a single person. I'm just a childless person. I'm just a this. And God said, do you know what's coming out of your mouth? I need you to align your tongue with my heart. I need you to say on earth as you said in heaven. It might be delayed according to your timeline and calendar. But I'm good. I'm faithful. I'm trustworthy. I will make good my words. Come on. Come on now. And God, I agree with God. Nobody knows my name right now. Nobody seems to care about my words right now. But I am shining. I'm shining in the darkness. Where best do you prove that your life works? Not when you come into the light. Because when you come into the light, you don't know whether it's your light or somebody else's light. But when you're in a dark room by yourself and you can't see who's shining, that means your light is on. I feel the glory of God right now. I release grace upon you. 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 To the weeping family, to the broken hearted husband, to the tired child, I release grace upon you. Somebody pray right now. Holy Ghost. Pray right now. Pray right now. Manakabaya. See, you lie. In fact, you are shining already. You are shining already. Oh, Nakatina Nabus. Oh, Lavina Nakataya. Tambusania. I'll pick it up from here on Sunday, but let me let me land with the text. Genesis 13 and verse 2. Don't be deceived by a kind of obscurity. Your obscurity is an opportunity to develop your capacity. Don't be deceived or discouraged by your current obscurity. Your obscurity is an opportunity to develop your capacity. Please look at the contrast. Genesis 13, verses 1 to 2. I wish men believers, especially younger believers, would just stop worrying about blowing. I wish so. I wish you would just allow God blow your mind instead of you trying to blow your trumpet. Come on now. I wish I could talk to somebody. Instead of you trying to get others, rather, to blow your trumpet, I wish you just get God to blow your mind. How does God blow your mind? Your mind is like a balloon. God places his mouth on the balloon and he puts his inspiration, his air, and fills it with that performance, takes it there, maybe he wants uh, alcohol, and he blows into it, and that thing begins to expand. It begins to expand. It begins to expand. Are you understanding that? And please, don't settle for less. Just, I did what I did intentionally at the beginning. If, if you know you can have 40 people on the call, don't settle for 15. If you know that you can push that project to a certain place, don't settle for the laziest version of you. Don't settle for the weakest, laziest, most discouraged, 
most overwhelmed version of you know out Genesis 13 Genesis 13 verse 1 and 2 then Abraham went up to, to Egypt he and his wife and all that he had and Lot with him to the south verse 2 Abraham was very look at this Abraham was very rich in livestock in silver and in gold was very rich the sword and the beginning of his walk with God. He already had riches. He already had some riches, some money, some assets, some resources. He had livestock. He had silver. He had gold. But don't forget that when you are in the God's mode, you will still think gold is all that. You will still think money is all that. You will still think that this world riches are all that when you are still in God's mode. But when you allow the operation of God to calibrate and reconfigure your mind to despise Satan's according to his own dictates, you will see the gold of the earth as nothing and like Job said you will lay in the dust how do I know because when you go 9 chapters later to Genesis 24 when you go 9 chapters later verse 1 what does it say now what does it say now what does it say now it said now Abraham was old 1 well advanced in age 2 and the Lord had blessed I can't do it here the Lord had blessed the Maduvaya the Lord come on now somebody put that in the text Genesis 24 verse 1 Genesis 13 verse 2 and Genesis 24 verse 1 see the contrast see, see the contrast see the contrast verse 1 he said now Abraham was old and well advanced in age and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things Those who make their lifetime ambition gold may get some. They may get silver. But ever so often, that's all they will get. But God has more than gold. God has more than silver. The Bible says God bless Abraham in all things. When you move from being stardom, stardom, to being focused on the kingdom, hmm, God will bless you in all things. He will not make your salary to do some things for you. He will not divorce you and stop working and please work. <laughs> he will not make, but he will not rely on certain things for those things that lead to other things in your life. Because stars understand that I'm operating from a higher place, higher pedestal, a higher place in God. And oh, come on now. Thank you, Holy God. Somebody give God praise. I feel like, like half of what I plan to teach tonight. But, but just give God praise where you are. Give God praise where you are. Give God praise. The Bible says, Blessed are your eyes that may see this place. Blessed are your eyes. Listen, many believers never hear this message. They never hear. Nobody taught me this message. The Lord guided me, guided me into this. So you are blessed to hear it now. Why? Because even if you're appreciated it now, the true value of this will be five years from now, seven years from now, ten years from now. When you are seated at tables and you have all the opportunity to compromise and you still say, God, you already prepared me. You prepared me. You prepared me. Guys, we're going places. I tell you that. I, I feel it in my spirit. We're going places. We're talking about Influence over nations, governance over nations. Let me tell you part of how you should begin to know. You know what happened in Nigerian elections, this last election, the presidential elections, that a company, I mean, a, a party with no structure, no structure, 
after the leader leader which is now under cbs they still gave them over six million votes that was the most likely got anywhere between seven and ten million votes <laughs> it happened like this the evolution of things the change the the change that we're going to experience you see the same things that happened before Labour party could galvanize that Different factors, including NFAS, which was a very bad thing. But how many of you know you would have gotten those, those six million votes without NFAS? So sometimes some things that look bad, God has a way to work it together for your good. Right? Some things that look tough, that look hard, that look difficult. God never wastes the pain of his children. God, even when they are the ones who cause the pain, God will not waste your email. God will not order my Babylonia as several does. Some of us have lost things. Some of us have lost things. We've lost opportunities, lost money. Some of us have lost children in that miscarriage or stillbirth. Some of us have we've lost things. Do you think God is not seeing it? Do you think God does not sense it? Do you think God is just rolling in heaven and looking like that? When the Bible says he looked at mankind and grieved him that he had made man. Why? Because man was in a place where he was operating as dust. What does it talk about dust is trampled upon? said don't be like dust be the salt of the earth be crystalline be of a different chemical composition like the starch and the salt he said it's when salt loses its savor that is thrown down on the ground and is trampled underfoot with the dust somebody cry in the name of jesus i recalibrate my mind my heart my soul my emotions i recalibrate from dust to star from dust to star from dust to star from dust to star i rise out of every low level of thinking i rise out of mediocrity i rise out of complaining i rise out of criminality i rise out of self-gratification i rise out and i set my eyes on god and i set my soul on god Chronicles 29. I couldn't read, I couldn't do justice to the text. But I wanted to see that when you go all the way to verse 10, after David had given gold, silver, you see, you see, there's something that says in the Bible. David got to the point where he knew <laughs> that I'm a star, I'm not, I'm not dust, I'm not dust. Saul never knew that. Saul behaved like dust because dust is always trying to pull stars down. Dust is always trying to pull stars down, always wishing people to shine as bright. But stars, when they see other stars shine, they're like, whoa, so this is dimension of glory too. And even though I may never manifest because no star, no two stars are the same. No two stars are the same. But stars see other stars shine, go, whoa, you people can shine like that. Oh my God, people can shine in, in hairdressing like that. Oh, people can shine in algorithms like that. People can shine in AI like that. People can shine in ministry like that. That's why you notice who did Saul raise. We don't say who Saul raised, but who did David raise? David raised warriors. David raised a commoner. David raised people. We can tell whether you are functioning as dust or star by just checking out who you are raising. See, because when you are dust, you want to be erasing. When you are a star, you want to be raising. Come on. Dust will erase, but star, the star will raise.
let's go to bottom one and start. Let's go to bottom one and start. Because he is the one who emerged from the morning. And he's the one given the brightest light. He shall outshine the brightest light. So even when it's morning, he's the kind of star that you see. But he's also the morning star, which means at the beginning of the day, he's the brightest star, giving every other star permission to shine throughout the rest of the day from noon and giving out a long rest here. Let me close. First Chronicles 29. 29 verse 10. Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, and Father forever and ever. What does he say? Verse 11. Does he not sound like Jesus? At the end of the uh, Lord's prayer, he says, Abide as a king, abide the glory forever and ever. Amen. Son of David. Look at that now. <laughs> Thank you, Thank you, Momo. Momo with the momentum. Momo giving us more and more. Alright. Verse 11. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness. And you get that out. I'm just a custodian for my generation. I'm just a pastor, the conduit, a carrier. It says the power and the glory, the victory and majesty. Why? Why? For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. Look at that. And you are exalted as head over all, both riches. And honor, fame, respect, regard, acknowledgement, all those things that come from you and you reign over all in your hand is power and might in your hand. It is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you and of your own. We have given you. I'm not trying to hide the blessing. When I give, I'm not trying to hide it because I realize that I am a product of the blessing. I realize that I was thus made a star. I realize that I was strongly lifted by God. I realize that I was down trodden out by God. I realized that the sick is gone. Why? They couldn't break me because God placed his hand on me. If everyone will actually realize something, do you realize, do you realize, do you realize, do you realize that God is the grand director of this magnificent, outlandish, captivated, enthroned, Emmanuel, oh grand presentation, theatrical presentation. And he says, I'm looking for people that will act out my script. And he says, I'm not going to get angels to play this part. I'm not going to get uh, animals to play this part. I'm going to get dust to play this part. But I'm going to mold the dust and put him in the movie. Tell me, tell me, what do you call the people in the movie? What do they say? What do they say? What do they say? Come on. I'm about to throw my mic. I'm about to throw the microphone away. What do you say? This person dashed in this movie. Julia Roberts dashed in this movie. Edwards. Idris Elba, come on now, you have got it, starred in this movie, I'm starring in God's movie, I'm playing a role for my divine assignment, and it's not going to ever discourage it, you are one of them to preach, this is what you think people done for me, in fact the Lord preaches somewhere else, look at your neighbor, high five your neighbor, and tell your neighbor, I'm a star in God's movie, I'm a star in God's movie, I'm starring in God's movie, high five your neighbor and tell 
that person. Stop, girl. Stop, boy. You're the real star, girl. You're the real star, boy. You are starring in God's movie. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, jump wherever you are and say, I'm starring in the movie of God. I'm starring in the starring in God's movie. And when you see everything star as a real movie, you will start somehow obscure. You will have a battle. You will have a position. Sometimes they'll be lying against like Joseph. Sometimes they'll be despised like David. Sometimes they'll be hated. But come on, at the end of the day, a star is a star. You can't snuff me out. You can't kick me out. Because I am no longer in the gather. I was planted in the movie by God. So what do I do when I'm on stage and it looks like I've lost my life? Sometimes we have no words, yet we call. What do I do? I will think back at my manuscripts. Think back at my manuscript. If I forget, what do I do? You know, that's why I said, don't worry. This producer, this director, he puts a spirit in you. And that spirit reminds you of the things that God said I would hear. Are you here, somebody? I'm going to go. I need to go and talk to the men. I need to go talk to the men. Come on now. Kanina Asante Bonazu. Brenda Dome, Shanika Fai. Bamanke Vinangaba, Lucila Kandubai. Thank you, Holy God. Thank you, Holy God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We honor you. We adore you and we bless you. We bless you for the spirit of hope. We bless you for revelation knowledge. We bless you for capacity. We bless you for insight. We bless you for inspiration. We bless you for healing strength. We bless you for recovery. We bless you for gathering our hearts and minds and souls together. We bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, we are not dust, we are stars. We are not stardom, we are star wise. We embrace the kingdom stardom. We embrace Isaac and not Ishmael. Oh, we'll be like Peter and not Herod. Thank you, God. We'll be like Daniel and not Nebuchadnezzar. We'll not take it for granted. We'll not take it for granted. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. We give you praise, our Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. All right, God bless you. I want to encourage as many as are able to. Um, also, those with the uh, ability or the, that have the tight discipline of giving in the course of the week as well, particularly if you are able to. I trust that somebody was super blessed tonight. I need to run <laughs> so I can talk to the men. Hallelujah. 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 Tell those who are not in service tonight how much you miss, man. This because some I can always catch it, I always watch, but there is something about the freshness. There's always something about the freshness of the anointing. Yeah, always. Uh, real time. Glory to God. Glory to God. Alright, I'll talk to you later. Bye for now. Let me go talk to my man, the guys. Talk to my guy. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. 
To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.